Jazzcast Pros. Welcome to Beauty Boss Millionaire. We are speaking with the corporate quitter, Gabri Ionello. She is on the line with us. So it was a Wolf of Wall Street type of place. It was not a good, very toxic, crazy, bad place to be in. So I was there for three months and against the judgment of recruiters and everyone else, I said, screw it. Like, I can't be here. This is going to be a waste of time. I need to transition. And I was able to get a raise of $20,000 more annually mm. for that one, you know, reason of jumping, right? People, I think on average, it's like maybe a couple, like three or 5% that you get in a raise if you stay at the same place. But if you jump, the likelihood of you scaling up quicker is so much easier. When I was leaving my corporate job, I remember being like, I'll do anything other than this crap. Like, that's what I <laughs> that was my yeah. That was my mentality. Like, if it don't work out, oh well. Welcome back to the Beauty Boss Millionaire podcast with daily on-the-go episodes packed with testimonies and business tips to help you create financial freedom through entrepreneurship. Hosted by the owner of Fercasi Lashes and the Blow Dry Lounge, the beauty boss millionaire herself, Felicia Fercasi. Welcome to Beauty Boss Millionaire Boss Talks. We are speaking with Gabby Ionello. Yeah. Oh, damn. You got it. Oh, my God. Oh, it like right. rarely happens. <laughs> <laughs> we are speaking with the corporate quitter. We're so excited to have you, Gabby. Thank you so much. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, and we also have Jazzy T on the line. She is the producer for Beauty Boss Millionaire. Um, she has just been a blessing. She is always making everything connect. She's the glue to the Beauty Boss Millionaire. So thank you so much for being on the line with us as well, Jazzy. So, Gabby, you are the corporate quitter. I love your slogan, first of all. Oh, thank you. There has <laughs> to be a bit of rebellion in entrepreneurship. Let's just start off with that. Oh yeah, I'm sure yeah. you like you know too. It's you know you're going against the grain, going against what's comfortable. Um, it's exciting, but it's also terrifying. Right? Yes, <laughs> it's so scary. Yes, it's you're right. It's exciting. The thought, the possibilities of not having to check in on anyone, but it's also scary because your business and your plan of action depends on yourself. You have no one else totally. to depend on. The structure of your entire life now it rests on your shoulders. So it's a big responsibility. You're doing just so much in the, you're doing so much to help people. Like, how did you all, how'd you get started? Tell everyone about yourself. Yeah. So I, uh, I guess for the shorter, but longer story, I actually graduated with a degree in teaching and realized very quickly it wasn't going to work out. It didn't pay well, all of those things. So I, job hopped aggressively. I was in real estate, then I was in marketing, then I was in ad tech, asset management, you name it. I've probably done it. I mean, I was even a housekeeper for a little while. So I really got like the full blown experience of like a myriad of jobs and realized, okay, I don't know if it's a me thing. It might just be a right. Like a, I'm not meant for this. Like I'm not meant to do the nine to five. Like I just want to help people and not sit behind a desk. So about a year ago when the pandemic happened, naturally I had a lot of time on my hands. So I, had, um, you know, just out of curiosity, joined a podcast just to try being a host on it, loved it. And then, you know, a couple of months later, kind of started doing doing my own. And um, I, to be frank, when I quit my corporate job, which was in February of this, you know, this year, 2021, I did not have a plan. I, I didn't really know what I was going to do. I just knew that it wasn't, you know, currently what I was doing. Um, so I figured I'd rather take the leap now try it out. If it doesn't work, I can always get another job, right? It's one mm -hmm. of those things where when you talk about risk and recklessness, it's risky for me to leave, but it's not a reckless decision. I can always move back to Manhattan, get the apartment, get the job. I can always, you know, redo all of that, but I couldn't get back the time if I wasted right. it there. 
that's kind of me in a nutshell of like my journey and where it's going. I love, love, love your mentality. It's funny that you just happen to mention like, you know, something that a lot of people are scared to even say, like, I didn't have a plan. I just knew I just didn't want to lose that time. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a New Yorker. I used to live on 34th and 9th. I know what it's like. I've lived all around New York, up in Harlem, downtown, all over financial district. And one thing I will tell you, you have to think quickly on how you're going to execute this plan of action. Because like you said, you have a small window of opportunity. You did it at the right time, Yeah, which is huge because a lot of people though, like I used to work in corporate, corporate America. And after a while, it, is it really your passion? And if it is your passion, are they paying you enough for your dream? Because you all know they'll work you to death and, and you'll walk away with no retirement. You, you can walk away with nothing sometimes. So you created this adulting manual, a platform where, you know, if you're in your 20s, you can learn these life lessons that weren't taught to you in school, which I totally agree because in high school, they're teaching you math, reading, all that stuff is great. Don't get me wrong. I really think it's important for people to do those things. But what about afterwards? What are the skills <laughs> that you're going to need to get you past that? What are the street smarts you need? In New York, you can be a brain. I've seen brains in New York walk around and they have no common sense whatsoever, no adulting skills whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. The one thing I find too is people who are like really, really smart, they just don't have the common sense. And the people who like have the common sense, like they know the thing, they can pick up on things really quickly, right? Body language, all these things. Maybe they don't necessarily have the brain. So like I'm trying to bridge the gap so that both people, whether they're left brain, right brain, you know, in finance or maybe in something that's creative, like they can utilize this in a way that helps them for a myriad of things. So um, just like you had said, you know, we learned chemistry, we learned, you know, like all these things, but I didn't learn how to do taxes. I didn't learn how to write checks. I didn't, I literally, okay, funny. I was doing laundry wrong for years. <laughs> like I was literally oh, like, you were not okay. washing the colors oh and the whites together. Do not tell me that. You I was not. doing that, but even worse, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize that bleach is meant to be like, you're, you, I thought you just dump bleach in with the whites no. and that's it. I didn't realize you had to add detergent. I know I didn't know that. So it's like, oh my God. It's I okay. I won't judge one. you. I won't judge you. <laughs> I won't judge. Yeah, but it's like simple things like that, you know, that I, you know, it's a silly thing, right? It wasn't a make or break, but I think for a lot of people, they, especially, look, I'm fortunate. Both my parents are alive. They're still married. I could call up my mom and ask her, you know, hey, how do I do this? Or ask my brother who's an electrician, hey, how do I hang this picture on the wall? But for a lot of people, they don't have access to things like that. So I just wanted to create a, you know, community and like a way for people to learn, you know, whatever it is that they need to from a myriad of experts versus like, you know pick and choosing. And like, there's also the phrase I'm sure you've heard, you don't know what you don't know. So if it's not exposed to you, it's not in your wheelhouse, your friends aren't talking about it. How would you know that you need to know about something if you just don't, if you don't know it? So that's, a, you know, it's kind of a, everything in a nutshell, kind of why I started all this and, you know, what the things I'm thinking about as I'm creating it is. I love it. I love, this is great. This is great. And I really feel like you're right. I mean, so many people don't have access to like, for example, when I first started my business, you know, I didn't know anything about taxes. I was doing things I shouldn't have been doing. I look back, I'm like, wow, like I kind of, I had the recipe. I'm a business person. Naturally, I'm a third generation, fourth generation entrepreneur, but I didn't know how to do my taxes. I didn't know anything about, I was like, I knew an accountant, what it was for, but I didn't think I needed one. Yeah. You know, some people make the mistake of, mixing their business with personal. And then you yeah. learn, you get older and realize, I can't mix business and personal. That has to be separate. And that has to be separate. Even though you live off that, you have to give yourself a paycheck so you can actually show that you're making money. A lot of people don't do things like that. So I love that you're teaching people how to live outside of just, you know, school. 
So that's, so you are in, in essence a teacher, you're in your teacher role again. Yeah, though. yeah. It's funny because, right, like, you know, people always say, especially in entrepreneurship, you know, when you go out on your own, like, oh, the pieces will fall together, right? You're, you're meant to do X, Y, Z thing in your journey to get you to where you are. And it took me until this year for me to recognize like, oh my God, like, I'm glad I learned how to teach because now I'm teaching people. It just might not be in the classroom, it's online, but essentially all those building blocks led me to where I am now. Very nice. So what are the, what's, what are the common mistakes that you see people in their 20-somethings making? Because we have a lot of listeners that are ladies like me that are in their 20s and 30s. Um, it's really not sexy, <laughs> but budgeting, like budgeting and also investing. Mm -hmm. Okay, if I'm being honest, I didn't learn about budgeting and didn't implement a budget until I was maybe 26, 25, which is like, it's still young, but I literally was just spending money that I got. I didn't have a plan. I didn't even know what savings were. No one taught me anything about that until a guy had said like, hey, you should be saving. I'm like, oh, I guess I should. Um, so that's one thing. But the, also the other piece is investing, which again, I'm very new to that. I only started doing it uh, last year through like Robinhood, nothing fancy. Someone that I had learned uh, or met up with on this podcasting journey, she had taught me you know, the power of compound interest and how if you just invested like, a, you know, $100 in your, you know, at 20 years old, how you could basically translate that, you know, to thousands and thousands and millions of dollars. I mean, she was doing the math for it. And I, I mean, I don't understand the math for it, but she was just, you know, showing how if you were to make it, you know, $100, you know, in your investment account every single month, you know, by the time you're 60, you would have like, a, you know, a couple million dollars that you can use as retirement, which was right. like, wow, right. you know, but again, like no one teaches you that. I don't, I didn't learn anything about, I know all the currencies in the world, right? You have Japan, you have the Euro, but I don't know anything about money. So right. <laughs> that's something that I found is super important for, especially women. It's like we, okay. Like something that really like bothered me growing up was my dad was the breadwinner. Uh -huh. And my mom always leaned on him for money. And she had told me right from when I was younger, make sure you make your own money because you don't want to be in a place when you get older where let's say the relationship doesn't work out. Mm -hmm. Something happens to your husband's job. What if, what if he dies? Or I should say not even your husband, your partner, right? Whoever it is you choose in this life, if mm -hmm. you do, if you don't have a plan for yourself or anything to fall back on financially, you can put yourself in a rut. Like you can yes. make yourself stuck and be somewhere that you really shouldn't be emotionally, physically, like mm -hmm. all those things. So, um, yeah, I know, I know that's a mouthful, but I would no, say no, like, but I love it. It's, it's a mouthful of wisdom. And I, I, I appreciate your authenticity and that whole situation because it's true. Sometimes we get out in the world and we are not spending our money wisely, which is the foundation of starting a business. That's the foundation. You have to be really good with money. And, you know, in the Beauty Boss Millionaire, we talk about that a lot about finances. Like I can't, my background is a little bit different. My, my mom was a single mom who raised me. My dad did actually make the money in New York city, but we were also not living under his roof. So we just got like, she's got like a child support check every month. And we were going to the welfare office, like get, trying to get little food stamps. I'm just being honest. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was different because I'm like, I don't want to depend on a man and I don't want to depend on a woman. I don't want to depend on no one but myself. And that's yep. how I found entrepreneurship because I realized that no one was going to help me. I knew my mom couldn't help me. God bless her. But she can help me because she can barely help herself. Because yeah. she, the situation, her being going through a lot of emotional stress and she was sick a lot, fibromyalgia, t t sleeping 18 hours a day because she was sick and not feeling well. So I get what you're saying. And, and it's so important that as humans, that we are so responsible financially. 
Yeah. And, and that we know how to save and have something, you know, re- retirement. You're like, I don't really, I haven't even said this on my podcast yet, which I plan on. Well, here it is, y'all. I basically retired. <laughs> I basically wow, retired. Wow, congrats. Yeah, yeah. So I basically retired. I'm not really doing as much as I was. You know, I took off for a little bit uh, for the pandemic and I kind of was moving some stuff around. I started looking at my income. I'm like, I don't really need to go back to work unless I want to. So at this point, it's just optional if I decide to go in. But I really haven't been in the store in a, in a long time because I burnt myself out, honey, doing this business stuff. Not really burnt myself out. It's not the right word. But I've really, you know, made those financial decisions that you're speaking on, that you're teaching on people about. And I've, and I've done a lot of Airbnb properties, a lot of rentals. I've moved my money around. I'm like, I'm still producing X amount of dollars a month without lifting a finger. I yeah. mean, I, I send workers to go where they need to go. And, and I say that I send my employees, but I really don't, I'm not in the position where I don't have to anymore. And I, I had gotten to the point where I was so addicted to working. I'm so addicted to going and being the boss that I realized that I don't really have to, especially if the money's still coming in, because that's the whole point of what you just said is make smart investments while you're young so that you can retire when you're older. It didn't say when that older comes, you don't have to be 65 like you're telling everybody. Yeah. You can be much younger if you make those investments at a younger age. So I love that you said that. Oh, I'm, so, glad. I'm, I'm excited for you. That's such an amazing thing to you know do. And I think a lot of people aspire to do the same exact thing. It's not easy. And it probably came with a ton of no, sacrifice in order did. to do it quickly. It right. Because that's another thing people, you know, they want to have this quick overnight success, right? Make the million dollars, whatever it is. But then, you know, when you ask them, well, are you willing to give up your weekends to work on this project? Are you willing to give up the alcohol on the weekends to put that extra $200 every weekend towards your portfolio or like work, you know, whatever it is, or even, okay, you coming from corporate, you probably maybe even still are working on the mentality I am of like the grind, right? Gotta work, gotta work, gotta work. Every single time needs to be productive. And the fact that, well, A, right? You are leveraging resources. You're asking for help. You're paying for important people to do those work for you is super impressive because most people are like, I'm going to run the show myself because I'm, I'm best at it. Right. I know exactly what needs to be done, but you're saying, Nope, this is the goal. I want to relax more. I'm going to put my old corporate ways aside, like the hustle mentality and like spend the money on great people, great resources, great products, and like actually enjoy my life. I love that. Yes. That's amazing. And you're right. And it's something that you just said, I, I really want to emphasize on. You said about the sacrificing part. That's the part that people either choose to go on to be that corporate quitter and to be that, you know, boss, or they choose not to. And it's like, sometimes I look back over my life of all the decisions that I had to make that were purely sacrifice, not fun. There were so many times where my friends were vacationing, going on these elaborate trips to all over the world. And I was literally in a little four, 420 square foot building, working, fixing up, painting, looking crazy, hair all messed up, you know, just not looking <laughs> the part. Not, And I'm in the beauty business. And here I was making all these little sacrifices. I mean, even when I moved to New York, you know, being away from the kids, being away, I mean, I can go on and on about sacrifices. And that's really what it does take it, those sacrifices, even with your money, you know, you have to take a chance sometimes. And I'm sure you understand that living in New York, it can really be um, hard because, you know, there's always something going on in New York. There's always a party. There's this, there's that, there's a rooftop, there's dating. There's, you can get lost. It's like a maze if you're not focused and disciplined. Yeah. 
a lot of FOMO happened when I first got there, that's for sure. But you know what? It gets old. Like it really yes. does get old. You know, the waking up with your skin, like looking terrible because you didn't <laughs> take care, like you didn't wash your face, like, you know, the not getting sleep, the wasting away all of Sunday. Like, right. Where gets, did you live in New York? Oh, I just, I'm just curious. Where did you live in New York? Dude, all over. I, I was in Queens for a little bit. I was in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. Then I was in Park Slope. Then oh I was goodness. in the Upper West Side. Like where else was I? I was all over the place. I might even head back. We'll see what happens. But I know. Oh, right i know i know it's addicting in new york I, a friend it's funny that we're talking i'm in florida right now I'm, where are you at right now oh I, oh my god i want to go to florida that's like that's on my list of places to go <laughs> but i right now so when i quit corporate again this is my like second time doing the business the first time was when i was in real estate failed lost my apartment in queens i was like okay the second time around i'm gonna move back on my parents i'll like help that at home whatever right. else um so i'm on long island with my family right now but um oh that's yeah, where, in, uh, where in florida are you Real quick about Long Island. How about I was born in Long Island? I was shut up. Were you really in, where? Yes, East East Meadow. Yep. My family lives in Garden City. That's too funny. Wow. Yep. And um, I also lived in upstate New York as well, in Rochester and Buffalo, New York. I lived up there because every time I open up a different business, I move with my business to check on it for the first like six months to a year, depending on what it needed. So I would move around a lot. Even in Harlem, I lived in Harlem and. My store was like one block away from it, so I can keep an eye on it because you know it goes down in Harlem. You know how it yeah. goes. <laughs> oh yeah. Plus, well, I mean, it's your baby. You got to nurture it and make sure, yes. right? Every single location is going to be different in the way of advertising, different demographics. So, like, yes. it's just it's natural for you to want to be there to yes. make sure that everything is good and you're the right people and all that. Yes, stuff. and hiring and then firing and then you know finding the right team is so important. Yeah. All right, we have to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Girl, where have you been? I haven't seen you at work in a while. Girl, I quit and started my own business. Really? That's amazing. How did you do it? Well, I've been listening to this Beauty Boss Millionaire podcast, and it really helped me change my mindset from an employee to a CEO. All that from a podcast? Yes, the Beauty Boss Millionaire walks you through the process of starting a business and making your first million. I need that in my life. I need someone to help me. Just go to beautybossmillionaire.com or pull it up on your favorite podcast app. It's time to boss up. So what other advice do you have for these 20 somethings that are, that are in this adulting manual? I would say what's helped me a lot. And it's funny too, because I got so much, like so many people were like, Oh, that's terrible. It's going to be terrible for your career. And it was the opposite was to job hop aggressively. Uh And like, yeah, I know, I know it's like people like, Oh, you need to stay in your job for X amount of years. And I just, no, like, so long as you do it with strategy, I think it's a really, really great thing and it will benefit you in the long run because for A, they've done studies that if you are in a job, you know, the same company, even if you change roles or whatever, the percentage of the increase of your salary is so minimal compared to if you jump. So I, when I first started in corporate and being transparent, I think I was making like 40,000 a year. It was like nothing. It was like crumbs, you right. know, with, Especially with taxes. In York, please. Right. Oh my God. I could not afford anything. There was no way. You can make hundred thousand. Like- I always try to explain to people, you can make a hundred thousand dollars in New York and you're still with a roommate. I try to explain to people, they don't yeah. get it. I know. I, that's so I, when I was last in New York, I just had hit the six figure mark, which everyone's like, oh my God, it's amazing. And I had this, I like happened to get an, a cool apartment on the Upper West Side by myself, but it was still like, man, like hard yep. why is it so expensive <laughs> i mean i know why it's expensive but it was just like right you think you're making it you're making it because you hit all these check marks but it's still just as maybe it'll be different you know elsewhere right. but um going back to the job hopping so i started off in manhattan you know i think it was like 2017 making 40 grand a year which is like pennies it was like nothing and 
I was there for about three months, realized very quickly that it wasn't going to work out. It was also, I could get into the story if you wanted to, but it's a, it was a Wolf of Wall Street type of place. It was not a good, very toxic, crazy, bad place to be in. So I was there for three months and against the judgment of recruiters and everyone else, I said, screw it. Like, I can't be here. This is going to be a waste of time. I need to transition. And I was able to get a raise of, I, like I transitioned to a tech job and made, you know, $20,000 more annually mm. for that one, you know, reason of jumping. So I definitely wouldn't have made that even with the, all the things that I had done, you know, incredible for the company I worked for prior because right people, I think on average, it's like maybe th- a couple, like three or 5% that you get in a raise if you stay at the same place. But if you jump, you're, the likelihood of you scaling up quicker is so much easier. I love that you said that you were jumping. A lot of people are so scared to do that because they're, they're, they want stability. They're, they're scared of the risk. I, that's like a, one of the big mantras that I live by. I am a risk taker and it sounds like you are too. I mean, no yeah. one would say what you just said. Most people are just like, no, I just got this job. I'm trying to stay. I got to get this save up. For this, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you probably know too, like it's, you know, life is so much more fun when you take risks. Like, and I know some people that's like the opposite for them, but like, no, really, once you start taking risk and you realize, no, oh, wow, <laughs> it's not as bad as I think it is. It actually turns out better, even if it's temporarily, like, uncomfortable. Right. It makes life so exciting. It's like a it new is. journey. It's a new it chapter. Ex- like, what am I going to do? So It is exciting. I agree. And even, like, okay, so, you, okay, seeing that you gave your confession, I'll give my confession. Even when I was in <laughs> New York making $100,000, i am such a hustler, I literally was renting out my couch to a no friend way. of mine. Yes, girl. On 34th wow. night, paying $4,000 a month. My friend comes in town. She's like, look, I've been looking for apartments. I'm like, hey, well, you know what? Keep looking. If you find anything, let me know. I'll help you out. I can like give you some references, whatever. So she was looking for like two months because she wasn't making, you know, I had to make over like 40 times the rent or 20 times. Yeah, oh, so yeah, much. Exactly. So there's like legally, if y'all don't know what we're talking about in New York, even if you're making a lot of money, they don't care. You have to make 20 times the rent, which is like, can be a lot of money for a lot of people. But anyway, 20 was, times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. No wonder yeah. I'm upstate. Right. right. Like, you know, like it's crazy. Like 10 times around or 20. I can't remember the exact calculations, but each partner is like different. Yeah. Um, but my point is that my friend was like, well, I think I'm just going to have my dad wire you like $1,500 a month and just pay for the rent. So I'm like, well, okay, whatever. I, we never were home anyways. We both were gone. I was with my business, but I love what you said about the hopping thing because my confession and that whole thing was that there are so many people that were just so scared to even move down to New York, let alone from where I'm from in Rochester and Buffalo, where I was, you know, raised primarily. But um, just that that taking that risk, you know, taking that risk to just say, you know what, let me just leave my nine to five and try something else. And before one piece of advice I would have for our audience is if there if you don't want to quit right away. I understand it's a little risky for some people. You can at least ask for a raise. I was looking at a podcast earlier today and I was looking at my friend, Angela Darasa. She actually um, is, she actually has a business that she does. It's called, um, it's basically the CEO coaching thing that she does. And she's teaching people like, don't be afraid to take risks. Go ahead and jump out there and don't be afraid to ask a raise or simply just go on to your starting your own business. Because if not, you're just going to be stuck in the hundreds of thousands of people that are scared. You know, it's like the grasshopper that never got to use his legs and you've got legs, you got to use them. So I love that. All right. So what else did you, what else advice do you have? Network as early as possible. And I don't mean that in like a gross way of like, 
got to go to the, you know, event and hand out business cards and just like shove as much information in people's face. I'm talking about like the new way of networking, which is through engagement. So like, Oh, you know, done are the ways of mass liking photos and just posting emojis on pictures and like all of that stuff. Like I have found with the podcast and all the things that I'm doing, I feel like I've made so much progress because I have such a great community of like-minded individuals because let's be honest, like the people that most people, when you first start off as an entrepreneur, when you're considering things outside the nine to five or whatever it is, thinking just generally outside the box, the people around you aren't necessarily going to agree with what you're doing. And so if you don't have anyone to talk with or like, you know, explain these ideas with or see other people doing, you know, um, outside the box things, it's going to be very difficult for you. But if you find people out in the world, which I'm surprised, and I'm sure you've seen too, there are incredible, incredible people all over the world. You just don't physically have them, you know, as your next door neighbor. But if you engage with people through social, right, asking great questions, like, you know, really connecting with them, finding commonalities, addressing people by their name, like really taking the extra mile to get to know people and establish relationships through even by social. I mean, most of my connections now are through like Instagram, whereas it used to be LinkedIn or whatever it is. Right. Um, I've been able to, to, I feel like 10x, I don't want to say my investment because I didn't invest money into it, but like my social investment or my time investment right um because people are reciprocating the same way yeah because you also okay from a sales perspective people want their ideal clients to act a certain way right oh i want them to respond to my polls on stories oh i want them to you know (laughs) refer me to someone but if you're not acting the same way as a consumer how can you expect to a know your client b have them act the same way it just doesn't it goes hand in hand i agree 100 percent. you definitely have to be engaging especially nowadays we're we're, I mean, in different states and in Florida, everyone's more loose with the mask and talking and engaging. Uh, in New York, everyone's masked up still. Well, trying, they're slowly breaking out of it, but I, there's a rumor that it might go down still. We might be having to wear them again. But my point is that you have to connect in other ways. Your investment of time has, is, has so much reward. So it's so important that we don't forget to do that part. Yeah. And plus when you're, you know, starting this journey or anything like that, it can be, you could feel very fragile, right? If someone says the wrong, you know, something to you to like, oh, I don't like what you're doing or like, I don't agree with what you're doing or that doesn't make sense, you know, outside, you know, in your physical world, whether it's a family, a spouse, a friend, a colleague, it can really like dismantle you, can throw you off your path. So if you connect with people and, and you have more social proof, more evidence of people who are doing something similar to you or you're on this path and you can connect, it lifts you up and then you, your trajectory is so much farther than if you kind of, you know, didn't have those connections. I agree. I definitely agree because when you go to start something new, it's, you know, you sometimes you want to open up and share with people and, you know, tell them what you're planning on doing and, you know, what do you think? But that sometimes can be a downfall because they're going to put all this bad energy in your mind and, and, and they don't need to, they sometimes, they just don't see the vision. And it's not that they're dream crushers that, that sometimes they're thinking logically, but you have this vision and you have to just keep pushing towards that and it will pay off if it's meant for you to be. I always say it like that. When I was leaving my corporate job, I remember being like, I'll do anything other than this crap. Like that's what I <laughs> that was my, yeah. that was my mentality. Like if it don't work out, oh well, because <laughs> you, you, sometimes in life you get pushed to that point. Like anything's got to be better than this because it gets boring if it's not really your calling. It gets yeah. boring. It becomes tiresome. You feel drained. You go, you're, sometimes people go through depression that I don't want anyone to ever be depressed. But sometimes if you're not in the true position of your life, 
you'll go through these symptoms of feeling sad, down, because it's not really what sparks you. It's not really what you were meant to do. And that feeling isn't just to be there to make you feel heavy. I don't want to live anymore. That feeling is to, should be motivating you. You got to do something different. This is not who you are. It, that's when you have that awakening aha moment like Oprah. And then you're like, you know what? Let me try something else. What happens if I, you know, sometimes people say, you know, oh, what if I fail? And there's a saying, but what if you fly, honey? What if yeah. you fly and you become so successful that you're now, you know, running your own business and you're, you're doing everything you want to do and you're making more money. The day that I left my job, I was making my corporate job. I was making more money in a week than I was making in a month at my regular job. Wow. Yes. I couldn't believe That's that. incredible. And I even like started like when my look, I didn't have any fancy software, but I was like keeping track of my numbers. I'm really big on making sure your numbers line up with what you're trying to do to make sure it's worth it all. And I started looking at it. I'm like, wait a minute. I made 3000 in one week. Like, no way. Like, I can't believe <laughs> it. And I was so excited. And it, so it gave me more motivation to keep going. I'm like, and then the week, the, the week after that, it was even more than the last week. I'm like, no way. I'm never turning back. And I knew that it was something where I had to keep going. And it was scary because I'm like, well, what about this job? Because we're all trained since we're younger. You got to go to college. Well, first, you're going to go to high school, go to college and get a good job. That's like the plan. And that's like mm -hmm. the general blueprint that they give all of us, which is great because some countries don't even have that, you know, granted they're real countries. But at the same time, there's more to it than that. There's more to just get a nine to five that maybe it may not fit your, you're buying back your freedom when you lose your, when you go to, you know, start your own business. I don't know if you view it like that, Gabby, but yeah. Yeah, I do. But I also like, because some people have also been like, you know, one of the, some of the things that I've gotten in terms of like adversity for this is like, you know, people are like, oh, well, sometimes people don't want to run the show themselves. And like, that's totally fine. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I wouldn't have been able to pay off my student loans had it not been for my nine to five job. I wouldn't have met my boyfriend if I didn't have the nine to five in the job in the city. I wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't have been able to learn all the skills that I need for business. Mm -hmm. if I hadn't had the nine to five. So there's like nothing wrong with the nine to five, but yes, right. I do feel a new sense of freedom. There's impact involved now. Like I get more pleasure in my day to day more right. so than I ever have in my entire life for doing the thing myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, and also, yes. okay, let's be honest. It takes an immense, immense amount of trust in yourself to do something like this. And I think especially as women, we tend to like not trust our judgment and not trust our ideas. Like, you know, or that we're qualified for a job or that we can do something. And so when you start to lean into that trust and, you know, maybe it's that small thing of like, you know, you're doing, you're trying something new and you find it, you like it or you're good at it. Or maybe it is the big thing of leaving your corporate job. Like the more that you lean into that trust, the more like you uncover things and the more you trust yourself to do bigger things, right? They say new level, new devil. So it's like when you, you know, up, yes. you know, upgrade, keep upgrading yourself, you know, you get into these new scenarios, but then the trust is there and then the bigger, cooler things come. But I don't think the fear ever actually stops. Like right. when you were talking before, I was thinking like, you know, you were saying, oh, when you build a business and you have all this money and you work with all these people, I like my heart. I was like, oh, that sounds cool. But like, that's terrifying. That is so vulnerable, <laughs> you know, because like, right. you're on the, you have so much on the line. People yes. are looking at you yep. like what? And then, OK, the other thing, too, that some people are asking, you're like, well, what if you change your mind? Like, what mm -hmm. if you built this whole thing up? Let's say, right, your lashes and all the stuff. You have multiple locations. Right. What if one day you're just like, I don't want to do this. Then what? Right. Is it, and is it for nothing or like, you know? Well, here's here's where it gets a little advanced. What you do is you if you decide at any point in time in your business that you want to check out or if you want you need a break or you just want to be done, there's two options. I actually just spoke about this on the Beauty Boss Millionaire. You either sell your business 
and you retire off that or you can live off that. Because I, I know a lady in Orlando who specifically builds up businesses and sells them at their peak. It's so wild what she does. Wow. I, I love it. I was at a Christmas party with her and she was telling me, I'm like, wait, what do you do? She's like, girl, I build up businesses and then I sell them. She's sold over like 16 businesses. She's a wow. rare, rare Oh my woman. God. That's so yes. cool. Yes. It's so cool. And she literally does all the work because she knows how to do it. It's like a recipe. It's like making a batch of cookies. She sees them as like, she sees the, these businesses that she has as like a, a whole product, which it is. And she just like next, next batch. What are, what can I do next? Like she, she picked my brain about a business that I um, have a similar business to. Cause I, with us, we got more advanced into like Botox and, you know, B12 injections and things like that. So she was asking me like, okay, what's the profit margin? Like she was just, just picking my brain and she, I'm so proud of her cause she's actually doing that now. But I was saying all this to say, if you decide that you want to, you get tired of the business, you can either sell it or what you can do is you can duplicate yourself and create systems and procedures so that you work yourself out of a job. That's yeah. the trick. That's the key uh, that a lot of people don't see. For exclusive content on how to make millions in your business, go to beautybossmillionaire.com and click on become a patron to gain access to patron-only episodes, Beauty Boss Millionaire t-shirts, and a private Facebook group with live streams with me, Felicia Fricasi. That's like, okay, there's a great book for anyone listening called Virtual Freedom. I don't, well, let me also ask you before I even talk about that. Do you use virtual assistants or virtual staff for the things that you do? Uh, yes. So some of my stuff, yes. Um, my husband is really heavily in it because his stuff requires more virtual. Mine is more like I have a team of people that handle things for me. So I, I definitely agree with what you're saying with this virtual book because people do need to go and tap into that. But mine is more hands-on with my business, like the bow tie, some stuff I can't do. But then there's some stuff that my husband, I see him do that I'm like, wow, like he literally has a whole team of 20 people that handle his stuff. Yeah. It's pretty cool. You, you know, I mean, you have to write, there comes a price tag with that, but then you get peace of mind. But like for you, is it just that you have to hire these estheticians and doctors and then you hire, you know, staff to actually manage, you know, the reception and all that stuff? Or is it like a, like warehouse people? Like what, what type of people do you have that, um, yeah. So, yeah. So mine, because it's a hand, it's a service business. So there's, it's like, you know, you have the people and you train them like right now, my, all my stores are open and I'm not there at any of the store. I'm on the phone with you. So it's like, you know, so I've done my training enough to pass it off onto the next person. There's a man, like, I think I got one text today asking me a question about something, but that was the only text I got today. But back when I first was trying to transition out of my role of being the supervisor of the whole entire company, the whole regional manager, whatever you want to call it, general manager, I had to find someone that emulated me that I could trust to do what I do because you wear several hats when you're on the top. Even yeah. though people will say it's all glamorous at the top. No. It's not. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of stress. But there's a great reward too. But it's a lot, if you can handle it. Like I can handle a lot of stress. Just, I don't know if I'm just from used to it. Like my kids always like, mommy, you're so well at handling bad situations. I'm like, yeah, it's because you have to be. You can't go around. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> That's funny. Because I see my phone ring. But back to what you're saying about the virtual assistants. What did you find in this book that you like? Because some people, I'm sure they're Googling it now. I think the reason why I liked it was because, uh, well, one, I'm sure you've heard of Tim Ferriss's four hour work week, but that I like, it's so big. I, I don't even think I've read part of it. I read like a couple pages. I was like, no, no, no. Uh, this book, the virtual freedom really hones in on what made Tim Ferriss work the four hour work week. And that's again, like leveraging automated systems procedures and also like virtual staff. And so what the book had told me, and this, I like pray to God, I'm so thankful that I was 
you know, was shown this book before things started blowing up is that I hired an audio editor for my podcast. I hired a virtual assistant as like a, you know, maybe just in case I'll use her for certain things, get her used to processes so that when things explode as they are currently, you know, like I already have a set foundation, so I'm not freaking out. Cause like, I'm sure you've seen, probably seen some really cool videos across Instagram where people like, you know, they have this product and they haven't made any traction and they only have a couple units. And then all of a sudden they go viral or something. And then everyone in their mother orders and then they like burn themselves out because they, or they don't have enough stock. And it's like this whole right. thing. And, yeah. um, you know, cause the foundation wasn't there or the stock wasn't there. They weren't, you know, expecting it, which again, like that's great in itself, right? Cause now they know there, there's a demand and they go from there, but I would much rather gradually build with really awesome systems in place, really great teammates at the, at the forefront, right? Putting in the investment in the beginning so that when things start to, you know, move forward and the trajectory, you know, it's, you know, blows up. I'm not in a place of like, oh my God, I can't sleep because I'm having so much anxiety over things doing well, right? right? Which is the complete opposite of what right. you want. You want to be enjoying that moment and enjoying the the reaping the rewards of you know your your sacrifices there and what your the time that you spent. You're right because even like when you get products, if there's people out there that have a business uh, with products, I can see them definitely needing virtual uh, people to help out because when your product goes viral or when it becomes really big, you have a problem. <laughs> even though it's a good problem. It can also be a very bad problem because you'd run out of inventory. You don't. You're just not ready for that moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you are just a smart little cookie. <laughs> Thanks. I, see you. I, I see am you. a little cookie. I'm only four eleven. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you little Italian little cutie. I just want to open up the floor to any other anyone else that has any questions. I see Rocky Dog uh, said good advice. We need to trust ourselves. I'm not sure if Jazzy's back. She texted me. She did have a phone call uh, really quick. Feel free to ask. And Gabby, do you have any questions for me? Like what's some piece of advice you would give someone who's just starting in business? I don't even say maybe someone who's still at their job and they're like making the transition to leave. What's something that you maybe had wished you'd done or done differently or not at all? <laughs> like any of those okay. things. That's a good question. So if, if someone is trying to leave their corporate job and they're like kind of like on the fence about it, the first thing I want to say is don't just jump off the bridge without a parachute, meaning you got to have a backup plan. And I'm really big on that. Like you can still have, I don't want to say a backup plan, but plan well is what I mean. Plan really well, because even though I was working corporate by night, I was working my other, my entrepreneur job. I literally, when I get off of work at four o'clock, I was going in at like 7 a.m. I would get off at three or four. I would go home for an hour. I would just try to take a moment to rest and relax, breathe. Sometimes I didn't do that. I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes I just write into full mode of building the business because I knew I had to, I had very precious time because I knew I wanted to be out by a certain deadline. And I knew I had to like work on everything I wanted to work on, do all my research on my business, research the heck out of whatever you want to do and start to build it now. And sometimes you don't necessarily have to leave your nine to five right away, but you at least, at least get it going. So it's producing some type of revenue so that when you leave, you have a bridge. Uh, I remember I was on a panel back uh, years ago in New York City and the same, sorry, my dog's barking. The same person, <laughs> sorry, he's a little Yorkie, he likes to bark so much. And um, we were on a panel and this young lady, someone asked the same question and one of the younger ladies said, well, no, just just go ahead and jump. Don't even worry about a plan, just jump. And I, I, I thought that was really great that she was able to give that advice. But for me, I had to interject and I said, wait a minute now, do you have kids? 
No, but that's why you're able to jump. You can't just jump when you got a nine month old at home, and you, you know what I'm saying, like you or, yeah. or a wife and a family. It's different for people with different things. So sometimes they're a little bit more hesitant. So that's why I gave the advice of maybe just slowly transition into it because you don't want to sit up here your family being homeless. I've seen so many people kicked out of New York, uh, stuff on the curb because they didn't pay the rent. I remember when I was a kid, my mom didn't have enough money to pay the rent, and Thank God they didn't put our stuff out, but there was a few close calls where we were we didn't know what was going to happen. And it's one of those things where if you can just plan, 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 plan as much as you can before you make the transition, at least have enough money to enough months of rent and food and supplies and you know add up all your bills, and at least try to have at least six months to a year. I'm de- that's the minimum. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people. Sometimes they get lucky and they get blessed or they have, you know, they're in a position where they can go home. I wasn't in a position where I could. My mom's situation is so awkward. I can't even go back to her house if things didn't work out. I couldn't go back because most people know this that have a family member that was on some type of subsidized housing. You're not allowed to have other people in the house. They can lose their place to live. I didn't know that. Yes. Wow. So, and even in, I, in this. There's a running joke in Brooklyn. Like if you got that like rent subsidized where you go in certain buildings and so they're paying like a, a lesser amount of money, you can only have the people on the lease. There. So you become a risk to them. So it's it's a different of uh, a level of planning uh, with certain people. And that's OK. It's either two options. You either jump off the bridge and you'll make it, you know, or if you got a place you can go to or, you know, sacrifice. But if you don't just plan it by night, you get off that job. You have to, I didn't hang out with friends. I didn't get my nails done. I didn't go shopping. And I'm, I'm serious. I, I started my business with like a little bit of nothing. So just in short, I would just say plan it out and make sure those numbers are adding up before you officially leave. And, you know, and those, and also too, one thing that helped me out is the people that were in my corporate circle became my clients. So it wasn't, it wasn't in my best interest to leave right away. They were actually feeding the, the, the monster. It's a great, they, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, they were actually feeding, they were like, because they already love me. You know, most people you work with, they generally like you. If you're a good person, you have a good soul, they like you, right? You seem like a likable mm-hmm. person, Gabby. And Thank you. Of, you do. You're very, very, <laughs> you're very, very, very bubbly. I'm sure people will be like, oh, yeah, you know, it's, those are your first clientele base, the people, your friends, family, and, corporate, and, and your corporate friends. Those are the people that will support what you're doing. So just remember that. Do you have unwanted facial hair or underarm hair? Don't wax, don't tweeze. Stop in for Kasi Lashes and ask for laser hair removal. Six sessions for only $200 for the lip or chin. Bikini and underarm, only $300. For Kasi Lashes in the Grace Mall, 225 Lash. All technicians are laser certified and overseen by Dr. Gary's. I will take it into account though, but um, I do have another question that came up while you were talking about this is, is there such thing as planning too much? Because I found with some people, the flip side is like, they end up getting into the spiral of like plan, 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 and they just keep planning for their entire life or, okay, that's dramatic, not their entire life. But like, you know, they say, oh, this is going to be the year that I'm going to take the risk that I'm going to finally do me. And then it's like three years later and they're like, oh, I still haven't done it because I'm not ready. Right. I don't have the, I'm not there yet absolutely that I have seen people and I it irks my nerves that they are doing all this planning here we are five years in I'm like all right come on when we gonna take uh, pull the trigger let's pull the trigger at some point you have to pull the trigger you have to you have to take the risk because so many people are paralyzed by fear mm-hmm. it's it's it makes me sad a little bit because if they only knew the opportunity that was ahead of them and it wasn't that they didn't have everything they needed. It was just the fear that kept them paralyzed. So a lot of times you don't want to 
over plan. That's why the girl in the in the um, the event I was with, she said, just jump off the bridge. And that was like convenient. That was good. You just jump off. And but a lot of times some entrepreneurs that don't plan enough, they end up jumping off the bridge and oh, it didn't work for me. I'm back here. I'll never do it again. They get so like bitten by the entrepreneur uh, spirit. They don't want to do it anymore. So my thing is, yes, plan, but don't take too long. And that's why if you notice when I told the story in the beginning, I said I had a date in mind and I had to work to that date. Once I got to that date, I said, all right, I'm doing it. This is what I said I was going to do. I'm ready. Let's go. It's D-Day. So I was gonna say, that's that paralysis by analysis. You know, you study long, you, you study wrong. I hear that a lot of times. Um, I just wanted to throw in a question uh, for, for you, Gabby, working with a lot of people who are um, having side hustles. Is there a uh, path forward to turning your side hustle into a real business? And maybe you guys can kind of work together on that. Cause I feel like myself included, you know, you do a little side hustle while you're doing your quote unquote real job, you know, and just how does that all go together? Do people just side hustle for the rest of their life? Is that a sustainable future in your opinion? I mean, I don't know, maybe you could jump in here, but like, I, th I think it's, it really depends on the person and it also depends on what it is that you're doing. Like if you can, if you can see a clear path on how you can, you know, scale it, you know, that side business, if there's people are asking about it, right, take surveys, see if people are interested in what you're doing, if it's relevant to them, tweak it as needed, and see if there's there's a way that you can scale it. If not, if it's just meant to be like, like, for example, affiliate marketing, some people just want to keep that as a side thing and that, that not be their full time thing. And that's totally fine. But it's up to you. Some people make it. I mean, I'm sure you've seen online people make Amazon affiliates, you know, they just make these lists or whatever. And that's like their main income is people buy, you know, based off that. And that's how they they run the show. But I, I don't know if that answers your question. There's definitely a way to do it. And I, I one thing that I'm constantly frustrated with, with, with I don't want to say with people in general, but the notion that a lot of people think they don't have transferable skills, which is nonsense. Everyone has transferable skills. It's just in the matter of how you frame things. Because if you think about it, when you go to college, right, you spend, let's say, forty to $100,000 on, you know, student loans, that in itself, right, that's money you invested in your future, your jobs that you work, every single experience you've had, the time you put in, the money you've made from it, the people you've spoken to, all of that is experience that can then contribute to something that you would call a transferable skill that someone is actively looking for. So, you know, I, I don't know if that, if that answers your question, but maybe take the whole thing into consideration. This, the side hustle plus your knowledge, your experience, your time, your investments, those transferable skills, and maybe combine them to make this rocket fuel for a full-time business, if that was, was that your goal. Right. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. And I also just, I guess in my mind, I was thinking that, you know, people can do a side hustle and be completely happy with, you know, just babysitting or, you know, cleaning houses now and then or whatever the case was. I just didn't know if there was any um, downsides to it. Because to me, you know, when you're just doing a side business, you know, you don't have to have all the legality part of it. You know, you don't really have to worry about, you know, taxes and all these other things. Um, and so I see a lot of people that do that and they don't even really consider, all right, let's incorporate this. Let's turn it into an L. Exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm going to jump in at because... I feel like, and this is just could be me, my personality type. If you ain't side hustling where it could turn to something full time, well, you can do it, but I don't know how long it's going to sustain itself because you need to become, you need to be fully dedicated to something. And, and that's only me because I, you know, I'm crazy jazzy. You know, I blow everything I do small. I turn it big. I just, this is, I don't have it in my capacity to just do a small level thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not talking down to anybody, but just know what you can handle. Like I cannot handle 
getting a small check. I can't. I just, I, I want to help out so many people. You know, I this you know, I, I, I just, in my head, I just think if your, if your side hustle is, is going good and everything, you need to blow that thing out the water. And that means bringing, bringing more investors on, putting more time debt. Cause what you put into it is what you're really going to get out of it. That's thousand percent too. Whatever. If you put in just a little bit of time, Sometimes you don't get anything out of it. And you got to move quickly. You can't be moving slow. I, I was in a partnership in New York City with uh, someone that uh, I love very dearly. And they were moving like a snail. And they, they would come back. And every time they came back to the store to check on it the next day, I had something else done. I had something else done. I, I spent my life in that store for the first year. And they're like, oh, my God. Like, you actually have the store up and running customers in here. I'm like, what you thought? We got rid of it. You know, it's just, and that's that hustle mentality that you have to have, you know, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, just doing it on the level of, you know, just like you said, a side hustle, but if you're going to go do it, do it big, you know, do it big on that scale. Only if you can handle it, only if you can handle it. And I like what, you know, what you said, Gabby too, you know, um, and there's different perspectives on it. But for me, if you're just doing it on a small level, then you're just a, a self-employed. But if you're doing it on a larger level where you're giving people jobs, that's when you're. That's when your blessing comes. Look at Uber, how they blew up. They needed to employ people and give them an opportunity. That's why it's so successful. Any business you ever look at that blew up, it's because people needed something. It wasn't even about the person that owned it. There was a need for something. So just keep that in mind. If the need can't help more than just yourself, it's just a little. It's just gonna stay a side hustle. Because there's definitely two sides to it. Like, you know, people love to do the side hustle thing and just keep it like that. But, you know, I, I kind of what you had said before, like. I, I'm the same way. I'm like full force or nothing. It's not one or the other. It's not, it's, it's like you got either you're going to do it or you're not. Yeah, I agree. You know, and, and it's all starts off a side hustle. Don't get me wrong. It starts off, but it, how far you take it is what is, what's going to really determine, you know, where, where you take it to and how much you can build it up to. It's like, you know, Jazzy, you know, me personally, you know, me on a level where I'm hardcore about a lot of stuff. I will share my personal testimony with you all. When I was younger, I prayed to God. I said, Lord, if you get me out of this life of poverty, if you just can get me out of this life of poverty, of just stress and turmoil, seeing people fight over homes and little things that they were fighting about in our neighborhood. And one person doesn't have the rent money and <laughs> just a lot of stuff. I'm like, a story just went through my head. I remember my sister was telling me how four thugs showed up at her house over some poodle that was for sale because their roommate was selling a poodle. And the poodle really wasn't, didn't exist, but they did it for the rent money. I'm like, and they were all about to die over the stupid poodle that didn't oh exist. But right. And I'm just, I just think of the things that happen in the hood every day. And I say to myself, God, if you can just get me out of this life of this type of stress and stupidness, if you give me a thousand dollars, I promise you, God, I won't waste it. I'll make, I'll be a good steward and make a hundred thousand. And I, I did exactly that. And I said, Lord, if you give me a hundred thousand, I'll make a million. And I did that. So Lord, if you give me a million, I'll make a billion. I ain't there yet, but I'm trying, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be there soon. <laughs> Jazzy, anything else? Any other questions you have? This has been very, very interesting. I, I love to hear, you know, the stories and people coming from different points of view. Gabby, did you have a chance to talk about your experience of coming from a corporate, being an executive assistant? And is there anything that you grabbed from there? I know as a corporate quitter, you're like, I have to get out of this. But is there anything that you took from the corporate world to be able to use as an entrepreneur? And also, what freedoms did you find? Mainly, I see you being very open, very yourself, very authentic on social media when it even comes to the way you speak. You know, you're very 
I guess I kind of want to say aggressive. And maybe that's something oh, that you, you had to hold back in the corporate world. So did you yeah, find yeah. freedom in that? She's New York, Jazzy. Cut her a break. Yeah. She's a New Yorker. Oh, I know. No, but I it's, know. it's I funny know you I'm say that, to. though. Because, like, for a really long time when I was in corporate, right, I wore the pencil skirts and the heels. And, like, I loved it. I loved that I looked really classy and put together and, and that whole persona. But once I left, the beauty of leaving was that I discovered that I like really loved the, my face without makeup, which sounds ridiculous, right? But I was so used to putting myself together. It was almost unnatural for me to, to not wear makeup. And now I, I love the way that I look. And I, I love the fact that I can wear pajamas every day. And I love the fact that like, I don't have to put myself in a filter in any capacity. So I am still trying to figure out if maybe I should like cool it with the F-bombs. But, um, you know, I, I do think that with being in corporate, like I said before, there is some benefits of being in a nine to five because had I not learned as an assistant or even my other jobs, right? Marketing, real estate, whatever it is, you know, the, the benefits about having systems in place, the benefit about being organized, like how to honestly communicate with people over the phone. Like what we're doing right now, ha having this discussion, I probably would not have been able to do it well. Like I've been able to have a conversation where it's so back and forth and, and I'm being cognizant of the fact that we're doing things together and whatever else, you know, well now, a couple of years ago would have been a crapshoot. Like it would have been terrible. So, you know, that, and also just, how do I even put it? Like shooting for the stars, because as an assistant, especially in finance, like an asset management, I was at the bottom of the totem pole. And I was constantly though, not directly told, like, you're not really going to make it. You're just a stupid admin. Like, it's funny that you think you're going to get somewhere with that degree, like good luck trying to get into another area, like, all, right. All those things. And it, made me fight harder to grow quicker and to then also explore this. Had I not met that adversity, I probably wouldn't be where, you know, I am now putting myself out there because I have nothing to lose, right? I have everything to prove, but I have nothing to lose because they already told me I would screw up. So let me see if they're right. Well, first I want to say, Gabby, you are an amazing person. Aww, just listening you. to your story, I could just, I don't even know you that well. And I could just picture you just le quitting these jobs, looking for better and searching. And, and now you're in a position where you're educating people. I think that's, that's angelic. You know, it's really good that you're doing that. I know you're not an angel because you curse a lot, but it's okay. <laughs> I curse too. I curse. I'm trying to work on my swearing now. Something about New York. When I moved to New York, I just started swearing more. I don't know what it is. I'm trying to catch those taxis in combination with stress. I don't know. Anyways. I'm but done. I think it makes you more real. I mean, like when I watch, honestly, when I was watching you on social media and I just see, like you said, fresh face, you know, maybe just a simple tank top and just saying what comes to mind and not being uh, filtered in any way, shape or form. Like it really does draw you in. And I feel like a lot of people could learn from watching you as an entrepreneur, even myself, you know, I still have that certain, I was just on a, a business call. Someone had clicked in, I had to take the call and I immediately went back into, oh yes, how many? help you and you know all that type of stuff and it's just like wait a minute you know people are attracted to your business because of you yeah. you know and i think that what we're seeing you know even with the the pandemic and people are trying new things and and being themselves you um you you kind of get a chance to see people for who they really are and i think it's refreshing yeah well no one wants to be sold to like listen the the whole way of the notion of being like that salesy car you know sale car salesman type of mentality where you just mm -hmm. gotta sell and like make things pretty and like we're sick of it like we're humans we all have like you know we all got stuff going on we all have under eye bags like we all you know right we all have this, this stuff going on so why do we have to act like it doesn't exist 
it's like the whole mentality where men were, or I don't want to say men, but like, right. There's the joke, like, Oh, you know, boyfriend says girlfriend doesn't poop. Like, come on, let's, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a different, that's a different scenario, but no, but really, right. We all struggle with this stuff. We all there, you know, we're all in this place of confusion. We all want something better for ourselves. So why do we have to hide it? I just, I'm sick of it. I know a lot of other people are sick of it and that's the angle I'm going to go with. It could completely backfire, but like you said, Jazzy, I think there's some, so a lot of people are excited about it and they're looking forward to that being like the norm when it comes to business is authenticity and value. Absolutely. Gabby, where can we find you at on social media? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. My handle is she likes to gab because naturally I like to talk. Um, <laughs> it's same thing on TikTok and then um, on LinkedIn. If you want to connect, my name is Gabrielle Ionello. Very nice. Well, it was a pleasure. It really, really is. You're so real. And I don't know if it's just, uh, you just have this personality that grabs you. You really do. You have a great person. It's almost like she should have been on radio, Jazzy. Uh, oh, definitely. I was yeah. waiting for that part of her story to pop up. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> I used to host right. college radio. Right, right. Because both, yeah, I was telling, telling her earlier, both of you and I have a, 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 we both work at the same radio station where we're from in New York. And we just, people up from the radio station always laugh at us like, oh, yeah, those two are together again because we're just always working on <laughs> <laughs> But we're, it's just a pleasure that you came on the show. Thank you for being real and authentic and just sharing your story. And I know that what you're doing is going to help a lot of people. I seen you just started the podcast, what, April was it? April? Uh, May, May 1st. May, I just May. hit my three month mark. Congratulations. Crazy. Congrats. Thank you. I see you, you're in all different countries. I was doing a little research on you. I was like, wow, she's really blown up. Same thing with us. We started ours too much longer. In March? Before. Yeah, March or something like same time as you. International uh, Women's Day. Yep. And uh, we just start from there. We just want to help people out and get this information out to people. We feel like there was a need, especially after the pandemic. And so we just want to salute you because you're just doing amazing things. We love surrounding ourselves with people the same like minded. So Thank you for being on the show today and, and sharing your experience. Yeah, thank you so much. This was really fun. And also, honestly, from a new business owner, very insightful. Like, I'm glad that I got, you know, direct advice from you and, you know, learned more. I love your thinking on how you just bounce around with that to me is like a whole like boss woman move right there. <laughs> it's like Wonder Woman. Little like, by little. Just, <laughs> and, you just, and you're four foot 11, too. Like, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> My mom calls me a bulldog. So, I mean, I think I'm going to work on it a little bit, but <laughs> don't eat it. I, if you hadn't told me that you were 4'11", I would have thought you were like 5'9". You just <laughs> so big. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning into Beauty Boss Millionaire Boss Talks. Thank you so much. We just had so much fun. Gabby, again, thank you. And Jazzy, thank you so much. See you next time. That's it for today. Tune in tomorrow for the Beauty Boss Millionaire podcast. And don't forget to follow the Beauty Boss Millionaire, Felicia Fercasi, on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Beauty Boss Millionaire.